0: all right welcome to dugout dish podcast where we cover everything baseball recruiting i'm andy kira kitties uh, welcome my co-host keith glasser keith how you doing great how are you i'm good uh looking forward to covering a couple topics today uh what we're gonna open up with is is a topic that's pretty popular. It's a question that we get asked quite a bit and is running people through the evaluation process from a college coach's eyes, right? And what we're going to do here today is, is try to break it down into two basic parts. So we're going to have the talent evaluation and we're going to have the character evaluation. We're going to get into some nuance around those two particular pieces. So Keith, I'm going to pass it off over to you. Uh, if you want to get us started uh, about what a coach is looking for
1: from a talent perspective. Glad to be here. Um <clears throat> The first thing uh, that I think college coaches are going to ask themselves, uh, the, the, the really the bottom line is, you know, can you help that college coach win at his program? Um, the, the biggest thing that uh, people need to understand, I, I think, from a, a college coach's standpoint is that, you know, they're paid to win baseball games. You know? So when they go out and recruit and they're looking for players to bring into their program, um, they're looking for guys that are going to help them win as many games as they possibly can. Now that, you know, takes into account a lot of things. It takes into account your metrics, your ability to play baseball, your academics, your character. You know, there's a lot of things that go into that. But the bottom line is, how are you going to help me win baseball games? So when we go out and look, those are the, that's the first question that is going to go through my mind. Okay, I'm going to go watch this game. This is the kid I'm going to watch, or these are the the team of this team I'm going to watch with these kids. Which one of these kids is going to be able to help me win? And then we kind of break it down from there. You know, everybody's going to evaluate a little bit differently, um, you know, and I think that you can probably cover a little bit of that stuff, um, you know, from what certain programs look for, whether it's division one, division two, division three, um, you know, there's going to be certain metrics that everyone's going to have to hit, things of that nature, um, you know, but for the most part, the, the, the basic question is, can you help me win? And then we're going to go from there.
0: Yeah, it really is kind of a binary thing off the beginning, you know. Th- that's what you're trying to come to the conclusion of, right? Is it, it? It's a yes or a no. It's a yes, I think you're good enough, or no. Maybe you're not quite good enough right now. Maybe you're, you know, somebody that's just not going to be good enough for my program. And everybody's going to have different criteria, right? Like even within conferences, uh, at the highest level, there, you know, Virginia and Wake Forest might be looking for slightly different things that they value because based on their History of evaluating players based on guys who've done really well in their program, maybe how they fit at their particular field. They're going to evaluate guys and they're going to come to different conclusions. And that's a tricky part because it's an art, not a science. And every program at the end of the day is going to value different traits. They're going to value different types of players. They're going to construct their roster differently. And you know it's it's really not a straightforward answer around are you good enough to play at this level because it really comes down to a specific program and i'm sure you've run across it plenty of times where you've seen a kid that you thought was awesome that other guy didn't think was that great and he ended up having a great career for you or maybe you go and you see somebody who you weren't that high on and he ends up going to you know maybe a level up you know, maybe, you know, while you were at RPI Division Three, maybe that kid ends up getting a Division One scholarship. And it was somebody that you just didn't feel was going to be really good at RPI. And what what people often question is, well, like, how is that kid good enough to go there? And it's a really tough question to answer unless you have the insight into what that coach really values and, and what they think is going to help them win games. But I mean, at the end of the day, are you good enough to help me win games? And that's what coaches are trying to figure out. And you know, they're going to use all the information that they have disposable to make that decision. Uh, you know, they're they're going to be checking in on athleticism. They're going to be checking in on your production. They're going to check in on your, you know, projectability. It's all going to depend on your age and, and what you look like in a uniform. And, um, you know, it's it's nuanced. And that's the tough part about the evaluation process is that if it was a science and it was all based on metrics, then it would be easy for everybody. But it's not. So,
1: um no, and I, yeah. I, think, I think a big portion of it too is, you know, the, the athleticism is obviously one of the bigger things that, that people are going to be looking for in whether or not you can help them win, right? Like, you know, there, there's going to be a decision made relatively quickly when I show up to a game, which guys are the most athletic on the field that I think might fit into our program. And then from there, you, you know, you can say you can start breaking it down like, OK, like, you know, I'm going to look in the middle of the field. I'm looking at catchers. I'm looking at uh, shortstop, second baseman, center fielders. And then kind of making a decision. Do can I move these guys off that position and still help me win? Or is this going to be my shortstop? Or can I take the shortstop, put them in left field? Can I put them in right field? You know, what can I do in order to be able to continue to win more baseball games? And generally speaking, right, like you're, you're going to want to go after some. Of the most athletic kids that you're going to be able to find and then start moving things from that standpoint. And it's going to be across all levels, right? Like when I was at RPI, you know, for recruit, if I'm recruiting infielders, I'm generally trying to stick in the middle of the field and then see what that guy does. Can he stick in the middle or does he do something that, you know, he doesn't do something as well as your shortstop is going to so I can move him to third, or, you know, this guy doesn't, you know, he doesn't have that first quick first step. I can slide him over to first. Um, he's a shortstop who, you know, he doesn't really have great hands. I can put him in the outfield. He can catch a fly ball, you know, so in those types of things. And, and, and you know, that gets into the character piece and the, and the type of kid you are and the work ethic and things of that nature, because then it becomes, is this kid going to be a good teammate? And is the, you know, will he help me win by being willing to be coached and go play a different position? Right. Like they're, they're, there's way more that goes into it. You know, you could be the best shortstop in your league or, you know, your high school league, your town league or whatever it is that you do. But you might not be the best shortstop on your college team when you get there. So then, you know, you might slide to second. You might slide to third. You might end up in the outfield. You know, the, the, the whole idea is that you're going to be playing on the field and getting a B's and, and helping that team win. It's not to be the, you know, fifth shortstop on the roster, hoping that, you know, you're going to get an opportunity at some point in time. Like, hey, you can go play right now and play in center or you could, you know, just hang out and, you know, be the fifth shortstop and never play. You know, so I, there, those things, I, you know, I, I go into it as well. You know, the, the the athleticism, I think, is paramount in the recruiting process. And then you can kind of like coaches will go from there. Like, can I move him off? Does he stick? is that kid going to be willing to do that type of stuff? You know, and those go into, you know, can you help me win? But then it also blends into the character piece as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the athleticism,
0: part that you hit on this is really important because at the end of the day, when you get to the next level, it doesn't matter what level you're at. Division one, two, three, junior college, NAIA, side strength, speed matter, right? They do. And it's a reason why, guys take chances on really good athletes you know they may have some things they need to clean up from a pure baseball perspective but if you can really run and you've got a good frame and you're a good athlete and you can do different stuff you become a piece of the puzzle that can be movable right to your point most high school shortstops most of them aren't going to play shortstop at the next level but the reason they get recruited is because they're athletes they're usually the better athletes on the field same thing with center fielders not all center fielders in high school can play center field at the college level But if you're a center fielder in high school and you do some of the other stuff that translates to the next level, you know, you put yourself in a position to be recruitable. And I think that kind of takes us into the metrics thing. Right. And, And it's why metrics matter. But I know we both have our stances on this in terms of the metrics matter. They do. They absolutely do. Your size, your strength, your ability to run, your arm speed, how hard can you hit the baseball, they're all pieces of the puzzle, but I think the big takeaway, there's a, there's an obsession with these metrics because of different, you know, websites that post your rankings and, you know, all this data is collected at workouts and it is a piece of the puzzle, but it's more complicated than that. And I'll, uh, I'll pass that on to you to get us started on that conversation.
1: Well, I think, you know, they, they are important. Right. Like they're they're going to be the thing that is going to get you your foot in the door at certain programs. Like every program has a floor from a metric standpoint. There's going to be a certain number that everybody is looking for within their specific program that is going to be what they're the guys that they're going to recruit. And everyone values different things differently. So it's it's a moving scale with 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 every program. You know, there's no there's no right or wrong answer. This isn't a science, as much as we we're, we're trying to make it out to be. But recruiting isn't. You know, but from a a, a metric standpoint, you know, your baseline numbers are going to be essentially what coaches are going to kind of look at from the standpoint of like, okay, does this guy fit into my program? The second piece of that is if your baseline numbers do fit into that program, now those baseline numbers have to show up in game or be better, right? Like how many times have you and I seen somebody that, Hey, this kid runs a six, six and then you watch him play in game and he plays a lot slower or the time you've seen yeah. a guy run a, a seven flat 60 and plays in the middle of the field. And you're like, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it and you watch him play. And that first step is explosive and he gets off the ball and it, it's like, OK, like he I think he might be able to do it, um, you know, and, and the same thing from a, a hitting standpoint. I, I've seen a lot of guys who can, you know, who can really generate some bat speed and get that whip in that swing. And, you know, they're triple digits off a tee. You put them in the box and the baseball's moving and they can't handle spin. They can't handle velo. They swing in the same path. So there's no adjustability in that swing. You know, and they're like that number needs to show up in game because there's a lot of guys who are going to be triple digit guys in college on exit on balls that are moving, you know, so you need to be able to translate all that stuff into the game for, in order to continue to be recruited. You know, like I said, it's going to open the door, but it's got to show up in game. Like that's when the lights are on and you're out there playing. That's when it has to show up. It's great to flash those numbers, but I need to see that coming from you in game so that I know you're going to be able to help me win baseball games at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Baseball doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? And that's, that's the hardest thing about it is it, it, there's so many factors that come into play to be successful, right? Being able to command the ball, right? It, you need to throw hard. Like, stuff matters. It's that simple. It, it's really hard to be good at the upper level of college baseball throwing 88, you got to do some other stuff really, really well, right? And, and velocity matters. Like the reason it matters is you can make mistakes in the strike zone. It's going to speed guys up, which makes secondary stuff a lot better. Most guys who throw harder, their secondary stuff has more action to it because of they're able to generate more spin. They're able to generate more arm speed. So like velocity absolutely matters. But there's also guys who throw 91, 92, 93 and get shelled because they can't do any of the other stuff that really matters, right? So to your point, if you got a good arm, that metric's gonna tell me that you have a good arm. Now I need to figure out, are you a good pitcher or do you have the ability to be a good pitcher, right? Do you show me some other stuff that's really interesting? Like, you know, maybe you don't throw super hard right now, but you do all the soft stuff really well. You can command the ball. You've got really good mound presence. Uh, you know, you show the ability to spin the ball, seem to be super competitive you know, maybe you're a tall, skinny kid who's got a good frame and I'm willing to bet on that because I feel confident as a coach that I can develop the velocity piece of it, right? So there's the other side of it that those metrics get you in the door, but to your point, they got to show up, right? And the, the, the one thing I'll add about the velocity thing is that everybody gets obsessed with posting their highest velocity. And it's usually in a bullpen, and it's usually when you only have to throw 15 pitches. And let me tell you, college coaches, no. When you show that I, I topped out at 89 today, you threw 15 pitches, what, you, what a lot of guys don't realize is that I'm more concerned with where do you pitch at, right? Great, you hit 89, that's awesome. But if I go watch you pitch and you top out at 89 in the first – but then the second, third, fourth, and fifth innings, you're 85, 86. You don't throw 89. You throw 85, 86. So, you know, just – I think it's important for, for kids. I think it's important for players to understand that as, a, as college coaches come up to watch you play, the metrics may get them there, your ability to actually operate, your ability to compete on the mound, your ability to compete in the batter's box, your ability to defend – you know, not just be able to run, but actually be able to defend. Are you in the right spots? That's what coaches are really going to bear down on. And that's when they're going to ultimately make their decisions. You might get identified because you throw hard, but you get recruited because you do the other stuff.
1: Yeah. I, you know, the two things just off the top of my head, as you talked that I was thinking about, I can't tell you how many times watching pitchers that I, I you know, I've seen that dudes flash an 89 in the first, and then you're, four to six the rest of the game and the flip side to that is you know when we're standing there watching you know someone's going to come up and be like hey what's he at like he flashed a nine in the first inning haven't seen anything close since you know and to your point you're you're right like you know we've coached this game for a very long time that dude's 84 to 86 he's not 89 like it's in there and, and we know that and we value that like you'll hear a guy like I say that all the time like it's in there it's just figuring out how we can get that out at a more consistent basis. You know what I think? Yeah. The other thing I was a catcher. One of the most egregious stats that go on nowadays are pop times. Like the amount of guys that I see that are like one, seven, <laughs> like I get emails, one, seven, one, eight, one, nine. No, you're not like you, that number. more than anything else needs to show up in games, if you're going to tell me you're a one, eight, like, you better be a 1-8 in-game. When the pitcher throws the baseball, somebody's actually stealing. There could be a swing, and you have to deliver that baseball to second base. And it's right. very nuanced in my opinion. And I go on this for hours, but it's 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 not it's the only thing in a showcase setting that you can legitimately evaluate and give a number to a catcher which is why I think it's become a, a, a rather large thing for a lot of high school kids and, and kids that are going through the process. But the reality is, you know, you're gonna catch two hundred you know, around 200 balls if you're catching in college, a day, in a game. If you're gonna block 20-ish, they might steal three, four balls, like try to steal three, four bags on you. And at the college level, a lot of that is done off of pitchers it's not necessarily always going to be off the catcher. You got a guy out there who's a 1-8, and I'm getting a little off track here. I digress for a second. You got a guy who's a 1-8, like you got no shot. It is what it is. You know, but you are 1-8 to the plate, that is, not a 1-8 pop time for those that are listening. But you know, the, 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 one of the, the, that's one of the most egregious numbers that I see thrown out nowadays. And it, when you show up to watch a kid who tells you that he's a 1-8 series talking to me on my watch – um, when you show up to see a kid who's a one eight or tells you he's a one nine, and every time you go watch him throw, he's a two one two two. That it's you are not. It's not necessarily putting the best foot forward on stuff. You want to be as as close to what it is that you are in game as you possibly could be. But those are the two things that you know. Yeah, those those uh, pop. Talked, I thought about. Yeah, those showcase
0: pop times are crazy, right? And it. it the, the college coaches we we see through that, right? Nobody. If you're a one eight thrower,
1: you're better than half of the major leaguers. Well, I think the best JT, dudes in the whole I world. I think JT Realimoto was the only one who was like sub one nine last year.
0: And I see that get and I see that get posted all the time. And coaches don't like, your pop time on your name, whatever organization profile. If I see a one, eight, five, my, my, I don't get excited. I'm wondering what, what's wrong. Like, all right. Did how bad did you cheat on your stance there? Right. If I'm evaluating a catcher, like pop time's great. I want a kid who's accurate. I want a kid who can throw from multiple sets, right? Like you don't get that up glove side ball, that you get to throw on in game very often. Like I need a kid who's got some athleticism who can throw from, from awkward positions. I want a kid who's got the ability to put the ball in the bag, because if you're a two over thrower and your pitcher does his job, you're going to throw out the guys you're supposed to throw out. If you're on the back, it's really that simple. It is. If you, if you were, if you had an honest poll of college coaches right now, none of them can honestly tell you in game that they have a bunch of guys who throw one nines. Mm-mm. You might have some that get there every once in a while because they're, they, they got freaky arm strength and the pitch is set up. Right. But like most dudes just aren't going to throw at that
1: elite number and that's okay. Yeah. I, there's nothing that's,
0: yeah, You're right. That's one of literally, the numbers that
1: literally is nothing crazy wrong.
0: that they post them.
1: Right. And, and you know, same thing to your point that you're not throwing on high glove side fastballs let your feet get going. The whole point I coached third base for 13, 14 years. You pick spots to steal bases, not on fastballs. So <laughs> we're getting these times on high glove side fastballs that like, your feet get going. When in game, I'm trying to find sliders and breaking balls and change ups to run on that are are not going to be in those spots for you to throw. You know, so you know we digress a little bit, but you know the point is when when, when you're in the you're in the metrics game and you're, you're looking at a lot of those things, it is that. You're trying to put. You're obviously trying to put your best foot forward in those showcases, right? And and that's great. We want to see that. And I think as coaches, you know, I can't tell many times I was at showcases and you'd hear you hear people say like, ah, you know, the parents and and people in the stands, like, you know, that's a lot of pressure on these kids out there. Like they're all these coaches are watching, and you know, there's there's things going. You know, there's so much going on. Like, you know, that the thing that they need to understand, like, we like that situation because you're right, it is pressure filled. And when you get to college, it's going to be even more pressure filled. Like, I don't care where you play, whether you played at RPI for me, or you're going to go play in the ACC and play at Wake Forest or Florida State, or you're going to go play at Arkansas, whatever it is. All of a sudden there's, you know, 300, 1000 to 3,000 people in the stands. There's a lot of pressure there. We want to know, is are your numbers that you're putting up going to show up in those spots? Yep. And you know, sometimes early on in your career it might not, but we're recruiting you because ho- we've seen enough of you to say, "I think he's going to be able to do it." Now it's developing that kid once he gets to campus to bring those numbers out when the when the lights are on and and when it's need be. You know that yep. like we like those pressure things. That's why we like that. But those numbers do need to continue to show up when we get into games.
0: Yeah, and I think that. That probably segues into part two of the evaluation, which for most coaches, they'll tell you that the that the talent evaluation is generally the easier part of it, mm-hmm. right? Like if you show up to a game and a kid's throwing nitro and he moves really well and, he, and you know, he, he does some of the other stuff good, like you can see the talent. Same thing with a hitter. You know, you see a kid who just looks confident in the box, he has good takes, He's able to get to velocity he seems to have an idea of what he's doing from a baseball perspective and, and what he's trying to handle from, you know, an approach perspective. Like that's easier stuff to, f- to figure out to your point, how do you get that to show up every day? And it usually comes down to finding the right kid. And that's where I think that's where a lot of kids get, uh, that's where the recruiting process can end for a lot of kids. And It's that program fit character evaluation that coaches are going to really bear down on because when you get to college baseball, it is a different game. It's it's not the same game as as high school, right? Sixty feet, six inches, bases are 90 feet apart, three strikes, four balls, 27 outs. Like those are the commonalities. But the, the college game is very different. And it starts with practice. It starts with the baseline level of commitment that's required to be successful at that level. Um, I mean you know we've all seen it freshmen get to campus in their their first year and they've never practiced like a college team has practiced and they think it's just well we're just going to show up and take a bunch of bat and practice and like some pitchers are going to go throw bullpens but they don't understand that practice time at the college level that's team time right that's team time you want to get extra swings you want to get that stuff in like you need to find time before or after and in order for guys to be successful in that environment, they got to have some of those character traits that are really valuable. And do they all come out in the recruiting process? No. Cause if they did, you wouldn't miss. Right. But most coaches will tell you, I'd rather miss on the talent side than I would the character side.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I had, I was thinking about this the other day when you and I were kind of going over what we were going to talk about for this and, you know, I, I think the character piece becomes, and especially over the last, you know, probably five, six, seven, eight years, has become very, very important for pretty much everyone. You know, you're, you're preaching what you want to do within your program, the, you know, to your point, the commitment level, um, what goes on within your program, and how you, you know, kind of set the tone for the, the you know, the pillars or the, you know, what, what the, the foundation of your program stands for, you're going to try to find kids to fit that. And, you know, I I can't, you know, I, I had a kid who specifically came to mind that we passed on, um, you know, mainly because he came on campus and I, I'll be honest with you, he was unbelievably rude to his mother. Um, you know, and I, I just, I, I was like, I'm no shot. Like, there's no shot. This kid is going to come play for me. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, I, I think it's little things like that sometimes that, you know, you think about it as a coach, like if he's going to be this rude to his mom, like what's he going to do to me when I get into him? And I'm not going to deal with that, you know, and on the flip side, you know, you have kids that are, you know, super respectful and, you know, the yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you know, things of that nature, they you know, all of a sudden, you know, you get a little bit more respectful, like, you know, that checks a box. It doesn't check all of them, but it might check one. For some people, um, you know, so it's, you know, I, I think a lot of it, uh, you know, from a character standpoint, like you start with kind of, you know, who is this kid? Is he tough? Does he have good body language? Um, you know, is he a good teammate? Is he a good person? Right? Because at the end of the day, like you want to bring in good people into your program, the more you can kind of surround yourself with good people, generally speaking, the the better it's going to make you and the better it's going to make those around you. you know, so I, I think, you know, as, as coaches, you know, and I, we would we talk about this all the time when I was at RPI, when you leave, like you want to leave the Jersey in a better spot than when you found it. Right. Like, and how do you do, you don't do that by, you know, not putting in the work, not putting in the time, you know, not doing the right thing on and off the field, you know, so it, it's, it's creating that culture that you hear everyone talk about, you know, within their program, you know, how do you create that culture? And once you do create that culture, how do you get everyone to really buy into that, um, that idea and, and what it is that you're doing. And it starts with, you know, the character evaluation that you talk about with these, with the kids that you're looking to bring in to your program. And when some kids, some kids might not yeah, fit yeah. the mold for your program, but they fit the mold for someone else. And, and that's okay. You know, it, it's, it's not necessarily that yeah. to go on, on some, on some things that you do just like, Hey, I, I just don't know if it's going to fit here and then, you know, you you, you go and see yep. that kid at, at another school and he's really good. And it's, you know, it's because that culture that he's in there with that coach fits, suits him far better than it would with you at your program.
0: Yeah. I mean, as a coach, you're trying to find talented kids, but you're trying to find talented kids that you want to coach. I want to be around kids that I enjoy showing up to the field because they're there. Mm-hmm. And we've all had kids that we don't. Mm -hmm. But when you have a group of kids and it's not even about once they're there, it's not even necessarily about how good they are. But like when you walk into the locker room as a coach, I want to feel like, Oh, ah, good. Happy that so-and-so is here today. Like, like (laughs) let's, let's get out there and get after it a little bit. Like you want to have kids like that. And the character evaluation can be tricky because you don't have as many touch points with kids, right? Decisions get made super quick now. And Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I don't know. I think it's good for some kids. I think for a lot of kids, they need to, they need to wait, but from a coach's perspective, I want to try to get to know you and I, and one of the first ways that guys get to know a player is over the phone, right? Mm -hmm. How do you talk to a coach over the phone? Are you prepared? Do you call them on time? Um, you know, is it, do you call them, you know, Jim or do you call them coach Smith? Um, Do you talk to them like they're your friend or you talk to them like they're an adult that you have a ton of respect for? Um, That stuff goes a long way, right? It's not the end all be all because at the end of the day, you are recruiting in today's day and age, you're recruiting 14, 15, 16 year old kids. So yeah, that 14 year old kid might not be that great on the phone and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, that is an impression that you make. And it's a compilation of these impressions, right? It's a compilation of impressions that you make on the field. And then it's a compilation of impressions that you make with your interaction with coaches. The other stuff that I think it's important for players and parents to recognize in the evaluation process is they pay close attention to what you do when they don't think you're looking, right? How do you react when you strike out, right? How do you react when a kid hits a double off you to lead off an inning, right? How do you fail? That's a huge piece of the baseball puzzle because there's too much talent. There's too many really good players out there for me to walk away with character concerns because you can't handle when things don't go your way. Because I can promise you, When you get to college, you're going to have stretches where you fail. You're going to strike out a bunch or you're going to make errors or you're going to be on the mound and you're going to get smashed one game. And what are you going to do to bounce back? The other piece of it is most kids don't get to go start every day as a freshman. And if you're a tough kid and you can handle some failure and you can handle not being at the front of the line at all times, That gives me confidence that I can bring you into my program, that we can focus on development and you can get ready to contribute when it's your time to contribute. Right. That's a, that's a huge piece of it. How do you talk to your coaches? How do you interact with your coaches? How do you interact with your teammates? That's a huge giveaway, right? We all love to see the guy that the teammates clearly gravitate to because there's some, there's something to be said about that. Um, You know, How do you run down the first baseline? Do you play hard? That's all a piece of the character puzzle. The other thing and I'm going to put the parents on, on notice here real quick is it's not hard to find out if I'm at a game, whose parents are who, all you got to do is watch a little bit of body language, see how people react. And mom and dad, if you're listening, be cognizant of the fact that coaches pay attention to how you react, how you treat your kid, how you talk to umpires, how you interact with other parents. We don't deal with parents at the college level nearly as much, but nobody wants a pain in the ass parent because it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of other players' times. And is it a is it going to get you crossed off a list? I don't know. Maybe if you're good enough, it won't but don't let it be the reason you get crossed off the list. And uh, yeah, I've definitely walked away from games and gone back to my, I mean, my I mean, boss and said, I think mom and dad are going to be an issue. Well, yeah, we just move on to the next guy right. because we don't, there's too many good players for us to, to have to deal. If, if you raise such a red flag that that's my reaction, I, I don't, we, we don't have time for it. We can go find another good player.
1: No, there's, there's plenty of them out there, um, that I, I learned very on, um, very early in my career. Um, you know, but the, I, I think one of the things, and it, it's, it's super cliche, you know, you heard it when you played, I heard it when I played, not that we're far apart and people still say like, you don't know who's watching it. And there's a lot of truth in it. You know, nowadays <clears throat> I, I was at RPI for 10 years. I I don't think I wore an RPI baseball shirt, hoodie, jacket, hat, anything to games ever in the 10 years I was there. Like at a camp. Yeah, I had to, you know, but physically going and watching games, I never wore anything RPI because I didn't want you to know that I was there. I wanted to see what you were going to do if you didn't think I was there. You know, I, I think that that's, you know, you, you can kind of start to figure out what kind of like who, if someone is a college coach, just kind of by the way they dress, but by and large, you're not really going to know who they are, you know? And, and I think that that's where, you know, that you have to be somebody that they're going to want to be recruiting, whether they're there or not. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of hard to do, I think sometimes. And that's where, you know, as coaches, that's why we do, we, you know, we go incognito to try to figure out who, you know what this kid is going to do? Is his body language going to be horrific? You know when he punches out, does he throw his helmet in his bat and act like a child? Like I, I'm not dealing with that, quite frankly. Um, you know, same thing. Like you said, you give you give up a double. Like you know, this is a hard game. You know, if this was easy, everybody would do it. You you, you know, you go three, for you you get out seven times out of ten. People are like, yo, that dude can he can roll the pole a little bit you know, and that's, that's ridiculous. You knocked down a 30 on your math test. Like no one's coming to you to tutor them in math. Like, you know, it's, it's not something that they're going to do, you know, so it's, you have to be able to understand that this is a game of failure and how, how you handle that and how you react to that tells us a lot of what, of who you are and what it is that you could be capable of doing. And if every time you fail, it's just a complete nightmare. And you know, you're throwing your stuff and you're, you're, you're mad and you're, you're yelling at people and you're not a good teammate and you're not trying to lift other people up, you know, your other, your, your teammates. And, you know, there, there's enough guys out there that are going to be just as talented that are going to do that stuff that, you know, college coaches are just going to move on, you know, and the same thing with, you know, with parents, I, people, I can't tell you everyone who sat in my office in the 10 years I was at RPI, I was like, you can call me on the health and well being of your child and academic stuff, but anything else, do not even attempt to try to talk to me. Don't pull me aside. Don't text me. Don't email me. It's off the table. Like I'm going to treat your son as an adult. He is going to know why he's not in the lineup. He's going to know what it is he needs to do in order to be better, to get the baseball, to do whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, circling back to the the start, like how are you going to help me win if every time you're in the game you punch out or you know you're one for ten and the guy you are competing with is five for ten? Like the guy who's five for ten is going to be in the lineup more if you're competing with a guy with innings and you get the ball and you, you know, give up seven runs in a third of an inning and the other dude goes scoreless and punches out the side, the guy who just punched out the side is going to get the ball again. You're going to have to wait your turn a little bit longer to get the ball back. It's not that you're not going to, but at the end of the day, it becomes what the, when you get your opportunities, what is, what do you do with them? You know? And again, that goes back to the matrix, the metrics, the matrix, the metrics, they have to show up, right? Like, like you could be really good. Same thing. Like you could have high exit velos and you could do a lot of really good stuff in practice, but you know, there, there's a reason that, you know, there's that phrase from the big leagues. Like there's a lot of five o'clock hitters, right? Like, you know, Hey, he's really good in BP. You seven o'clock rolls around and dude can't hit, you know, and, 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 you know, so it's those things that they continue to have to happen. Once you get to college, it's not just, and, and you're on the roster, you know, it doesn't just stop once you get there. And it is a faster game. You know, the game speeds up on guys. You know, it took me my entire freshman year to really figure out how to slow games down for myself. You got into the game and all of a sudden it was like, this is the fastest thing I've ever seen in my life. And all of a sudden dudes are throwing, you know, 90, 92. Guys run a lot faster. Guys throw harder. You know, it's it's a far faster game. You have to learn how to slow that down for yourself. And it does take time, you know, and, and, you know, and, and that's where, you know, being able to, to, to understand that and understand that you're going to struggle, you're going to, you're going to fail. It's how you respond to those things. You know, do we fold like a cheap tent or do we show up and, and take extra swings? Do we show up and be like, hey, I'm really struggling, you know, going backhand on balls in the hole. Like, can, can we, you know, what can we do to, to, to get better at that? You know, I'm struggling on, on, you know, breaking balls away. Like, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm yanking off everything. Like what, what can we do? You know, doing those things day in and day out are, are are what is going to tell me that you are going to be a good player. It's easy to show up when you know everything's going well. it's it's when it's not going well, that when those kids start to show up, it's like, all right like we're we're gonna be really good. That kid's gonna be good because he shows up when you know at every single point in time, whether it's going good or going bad, that dude's still hitting you know, and, and those are the guys, you know, to your point, like those are the guys that are super fun to be around. Those are the guys you want to coach. It's like, you know what you are going to get every single day.
0: When you get to, when you get the right kids, culture creates itself, right? If the culture comes from the coach, it's one thing, right? And the coaches hold the standard, right? You set the bar, you set the standard for what the expectation is. But when you have high character kids who uphold that standard, it's a totally different dynamic. And anybody who's been involved in a really good team at any level, you have kids who do that, right? One quick side thing, and then I I definitely want to touch on the academic piece because I think it's something that doesn't get talked about in the evaluation process. But when I was at William & Mary, Ryan Lindemuth was that guy. And, yeah, he was a stud got drafted twice and ended up playing pro ball in the Yankees organization. But his biggest contribution was that he was the tone setter for the whole program. And we had some awesome personalities on that team. And we had a really talented team my first year as I William & Mary. But Ryan was the one that as a coaching staff, we never had to worry if somebody was going to play hard because everybody knew they had to play hard because – Ryan played hard and he was the best player who played the hardest and it changed the whole dynamic of that team was having a leader like that. And as a coach, if you can get a couple of those, it's a game changer. So that's why the character piece is really valuable, but academics. Now this is near and dear to, to both our hearts. We both coached at high academic institutions. Um, But I think that, there's a couple of things that, that are important about the academic side. Um, one, the better student you are, right? So if you're a young high school player right now, if you're a freshman, if you're a sophomore, understand that it's cool to be smart, right? There's nothing wrong with doing well in school. You're not a geek. You're not a nerd. Be, do as well as you're supposed to do, right? If you're an A student, be an A student. The better student you are, the more doors remain open to you. Right. It doesn't mean you have to go and play in the Ivy League. But if you're a better student, more schools are attainable for you because you can actually get in. Right.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. The, The second piece of it is your academic achievement can impact the financial picture. When it comes to scholarships or merit money, because the way schools operate for all of you listening that don't know, 11.7 scholarships at the Division One level recently is being spread out across 32 guys. Do the math. there are in any full scholarships getting thrown out. And if they are, they're incredibly rare. One of the ways you can help yourself is if you're a really good student, you can get merit money at a lot of these schools, right? Not everybody can stack. A lot of them can. And you might be a more attractive athlete to a program because you're academic, they might be able to give you slightly less baseball money because you're a really good student. And that might open the door for them to be able to add another guy to the class. That's just a a blanket statement around it, but there's financial consequences to it. And you also want to have as many doors open as possible. It's competitive enough to go into and have 50% of the school's not attainable from an academic perspective because you didn't want to work hard your freshman and sophomore year
1: to that point. You know, I I can't tell you how many times in 10 years at RPI, I would just, you know, look at a, get a a list of the kids that are at set event, go through the, all the GPAs and I can legitimately cross off, you know, 20 kids to start. You know, that doesn't mean that they can't go to, you know, really good schools. It just means that, you know, I can see that they are, a. You know, 3.0 student and you got a 550 on the math portion, I'm at a STEM school. Like you need to be pretty good at math. So, you know, by and large, one, you're probably not a a STEM kid anyways, but I can't really do anything with you academically to get you in the door. And I think, you know, some of the things like, you know, academics are so important. Your parents are going to harp on them. You know, my parents harped on them. I was an average student at best. you know, but it, it, it not only does it keep more doors open for you, it does allow for you to get more money. It also tells coaches, you know, this is not a kid that I'm going to have to worry about on campus off the baseball field because I know he's squared away from a. School and academic standpoint, like that's one less kid that I have to worry about. That's, you know, study hall, it's midterms, it's grades, it's homework, it's all of that stuff where it's like, okay, I have 32 dudes on this team. I do not need to worry about 32 dudes from an academic standpoint. So if I see that you're squared away, it's like, okay. Like, don't have to worry about it. That kid's going to do really, really well in the classroom. Now, all I have to do is really develop this kid from a, a baseball standpoint. You know, so there's, there's a little bit more that goes into it there that it, it is amazing. Um, it just ends up becoming, you know, you do get the more money and, and that's great. And you do get more doors open and you don't have to go to, you know, a, a top end academic school. You can, you've go where you're going to fit in the best, you know, but it's going to tell the coaches, you know, to your point, like, you know, Hey, I was didn't really care the first couple of years Like If you care and you do well, or you care and you don't do well, like that's one thing you care, you don't care. You don't do well. Like, then it's like, all right, like I, when things get tough, like yeah, is this kid going to show up for me? Like, this it really, it's showing me he doesn't necessarily care about the things that, you know, you start talking about what separates guys at the college level. And I'll digress for a second, but what separates them is, being able to pay attention to detail, being able to do the little things right. And that ends up, you know, that comes out a lot more from the academic side, I think, for people that, you know, I learned over the 10 years I was at RPI, that stuff shows up there. And it's a direct correlation to the guys that, you know, can generally be able to do things a little bit earlier in their careers than some other guys because they are squared away off the field. Like then it it, it translates on you know so it, it, that stuff plays into it as well and 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 from an academic standpoint like you can kind of tell that stuff based off of what these like what their grades are and what they do outside off the field in the classroom
0: yeah absolutely it's it's a it's an extension of the character evaluation uh at least a piece of it um and you know guys who typically do well in the classroom they they generally bring that out of the field it's not always i mean we all played with guys who weren't all that studious and were were fantastic players, but I I do think that they're uh, a little bit of an outlier. Like most guys who are super competitive and show up every day and they do the things that they're supposed to be doing. They're on time. They're putting in extra work. uh, They're, they're a good teammate. Like most of those guys take care of their business off the field. And that starts with the classroom because those first six months for a kid, when they get to a college campus and it's why a lot of coaches and why a lot of programs are bringing kids on a campus early, you know, they're They're bringing them in for a three week session in the summer is because those first six months can be, they can be a real kick in the gut for kids in those six months. If you can't handle yourself academically, if you can't figure out how to manage your time, because you get freedom, the coaches aren't going to hold your hand. If you can, if you can handle that, you're more likely going to figure out how good you can be quicker than a guy who struggles for the first six months and you may fall behind the curve. And if you fall behind the curve every year, there's new guys coming in. And if you have trouble getting on the field before the end of your sophomore year, you're probably not getting on it. Um, So yeah, the academic academic piece matters for, for the three reasons that we outlined. And uh, it, it shouldn't be overlooked. And, you know, if you're, if you're a player listening to this, you're a parent, listening to this, it's, it's not about being a 4.0 student and taking all APs, right? It's it's about if you're an A student, be an A student. If you're a B student, be a B student. It's about being this, the best student you could be because it is a reflection of how much you care about other stuff.
1: Right. And, I, you know, I we would talk all the time. You know, I, I had a, a stint in admissions at, at RPI when I started there too. You know, even just for not even baseball players, for just general students, like they're not always looking for that kid who just takes all APs and all honors classes, like they want you to challenge yourself academically, but, you know, do it within the reason don't take 15 APs. Cause you think that's what everyone wants to see and knock down a bunch of C's, you know, take one or two and get A's and B's, take an honors class, get an A or B and then take regular classes. You know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a, you know, not necessarily a strategy, but you know, you don't want to bury yourself in the classroom uh, just to, you know, try to show that you can handle some stuff because if you can't, like, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to end well for you, you know? So it's, you know, I think that there's, it's a very important piece of the puzzle and it's not necessarily something that college coaches don't take into account or, or really look at. And it's not necessarily like, we're not talking about this kind of last because it's the least important thing. It's, it's. It, I think it's. It's very obvious that academics matter. You know, like it, it's. I don't necessarily think that it really has to be said, but I do think that you know for the couple of things that the points that we make, like that's why they are important. It might not just be because like Oh, you know if I get good grades I can go to good school like yeah, but you also can get more money. You can go. It keeps more doors open. It tells people that like you actually care and you're going to be squared away. Like there's a lot more I think that goes into it than just like yeah, yeah I I got really good grades. You know, that's just, that's the obvious answer and the, you know, right in your face, you know, so it's, there's more that goes into it, obviously, um, you know, but that's
0: why. Well, I think we, I think we just about covered it for today. So, I mean, quick summary here. Uh, Talent evaluation is way more nuanced than your baseline numbers, right? What you do needs to show up in a game, right? If you throw 90, I need to see it on game day. If you throw 90, I need to be able to pitch. Right, those metrics matter, but understanding that they're just the beginning piece of the puzzle for a lot of coaches, and they're going to be more concerned with what do you do when it's time to go compete, right? And understanding that every program that looks at different stuff. So, you know, kids who are listening to this, you're going to get told no, and that's okay. Everybody values different things, Um, but understanding that there's more nuance there is is really probably the first step to better understanding what coaches are looking for in the recruiting process from a talent perspective, and. I don't think we can harp on it enough. The character piece is a lot of times is what separates uh, people in the recruiting process. So if you're a player listening to this, don't get crossed off the list for something you have control of, which is how hard you play, what kind of teammates you are. uh, You know, how do you talk to your coaches? How do you talk to your parents? uh, How do you handle yourself when something doesn't go your way? Um, Those are things that coaches are going to pay attention to. Because if I show up to watch you play, I'm there because I think you're good. Uh, I'm, I'm there to try to confirm it and I'm there to also get a feel for what kind of player you are from a, a character perspective. So, um, well, with that being said, uh, Coach Glasser, thanks for joining today. Look forward to doing it again
1: next week. Thanks for having me. I look forward to having, having this roll out for, you know, every week for a while. Sounds good to me.